Welcome to the Jack and Stacy Show, and I'm Stacy's son Clark, and here to tell you about it. There are two women wrestling with things of this broken and beautiful life. Each week, they will tackle a topic in a transparent, sometimes distracted, but always fun way that hopefully encourages and challenges you. They will break down each topic by looking at it through four lenses, ourselves, God, our people, and our community. They will then they will then give you a task to go forth with. Vaya con Dios. Welcome to the Jackie and Stacy show. I'm Jackie and I'm Stacy and we are in a series talking about freedom. It is July of 2022 and we've done our four lenses. We've talked about freedom through the lens of ourselves, through the lens of our faith, our close relationships and community. And I'm just going to be honest here because that's what we're all about. Like some of those discussions were interesting and, and rich and some were kind of sad. I'm just going to be real. We're like struggling. I mean struggling. Turns out freedom's kind of a big topic. Turns out we may not be fully equipped to manage the topic. (laughs) So we did our best. Yeah. Which is what we do. That's not half the time. That's the truth. We muddle through and that's okay. We're, We're real about that. You know like Hopefully there's no like, I don't know, experts in freedom listening to our podcast. I'm going to go on a limb and say there probably aren't. They would be like (laughs) horrified. But anyways, it's been, as it always is, an adventure. And we're just like learning by degrees, right? Like getting better, growing, talking about stuff. So that's what we do. So today we're ready for our fifth episode of the series, which is our interview. And we're super excited. And Stacey's going to introduce you to our interviewee. Ooh, interviewee. (laughs) I'd like to introduce you all to Mr. Mark Simmons. Mark, Hello. Hi, everybody. Hey, Mark, do you have a middle name? Walker. Ooh, Mark Walker. You my, sound like a... My great-grandmother's maiden name. Oh, yeah. I like that. That is cool. People, so you do yeah. sound like a movie star. Mark Walker Simmons. Yeah, that's what I would be, my stage name. My yeah. IMDb... <laughs> SAG card literally says Mark Walker Simmons. Wait, you have a SAG card? No. (laughs) You said literally. You said literally, Mark. I'm very sarcastic. You never know what to believe. So Mark is a um, like amateur stand-up comedian slash public speaker (laughs) slash tennis player slash soon to be grandpa. Soon to be grandpa. Wow. You just just leave off. That's all. That's all that there is to him. And I learned what Jesus called his grandfather when you're trying to choose your name. Ooh, tell us. Um, So, like, you've heard Abba. Yeah. Uh So, grandfather, Jesus would have said Saba. 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 I like it. Are you going to be Saba? So, I was thinking about it, and then I was looking at how long it takes for children to say sibilance, which is the, the, I guess, like, speech pathology. And it's a while. So, I would really be Thaba or Daba. And I'm like, hmm. Do I want to be that? I'm I kind of like, like Faba right. and Daba too. Sounds like Yabba Daba Doo. Um, <laughs> sure. Appropriate. But here's the thing. If it starts out Faba, it might stick. You know what I mean? Yeah. You might never get to exactly. Faba. That happens, I hear. Yeah. I don't know. We always called my grandparents Grandma and Grandpa. That's so boring. Uh, and by their last name, but to their face, it was always Grandma or Grandpa. It was very classic. And so all these other people are like Mimi and cha-cha or so whoever you, you know what do you I think you'll be then do you have like a grandma you like I that know. I, yeah. I'm gonna be nothing for a very very long time Jackie. <laughs> since I'm an anglophile I could be grandpapa grandpapa <laughs> that's just a mean thing to make little kids call you I'm just gonna say grandpapa 
Are you, yeah. you going to make him say it in a British accent? May I go to the conservatory? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So we're, we're totally just rambling now, but I do want to say that Mark is also a pastor at a local church, and he was my pastor for many years, and one of my pastors, I guess. I don't know how you say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just celebrated 20 years at mm-hmm. this church. Mm-hmm. Do we say the name of the church? I mean, it's not sure. a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> it's a church I attend. Valley Community yes, Church. It's Stacy's church. Yes, it's a wonderful church. I have nothing but amazing things to say about it. And um, and you celebrated 20 years, and you said 40 years in the ministry? Mm-hmm. That's incredible. 40 years of anything. So people is... that, that just means like 40 years of being sort of pastory. Mm-hmm. The ministry, <laughs> that's, let's translate. Yeah, part-time staff for a while, and then full-time staff. Working so at a 1989, church. it's been full-time staff since then, so what's that, 33 years? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you said that you grew up an atheist. You like mm-hmm. legit thought God was a lie. I didn't think God was anything. There was no God. Oh. Good. There was no reference. God. Is that what atheist? Yeah. What's okay. agnostic mean then? There is that God, but I don't, don't want know. him. You're not sure. Yeah. It oh. comes from two words, ah and gnosis. Gnosis, obviously. Which means you don't know. Oh. There's a God. I'm going to start saying that all the time. That's one of my favorite things to say is, I don't know. You're going to really. start saying gnosis? Gnosis. On the regular? You're yeah. Maybe that's your grandma name. name. That's <laughs> Gnosis. <laughs> Maybe. Right. It might be. It might be. I'm so, sure. Mark, I mean, we could go a million. We could probably, the three of us could probably talk all day. This is. We already have. Are you, are you an extrovert? A little bit, yeah. Okay, that's, this is dangerous. How long is this podcast? With five minutes, Bye. we haven't done one thing yet. No. <laughs> that's sort of how we roll. We okay, no so here's what um, we, I just ran across somebody who I did not know and said, oh, are you Stacy? And I said, yeah. And she's like, like as in the Jackie and Stacy show. <laughs> I was like, what? Turns out she knows Jackie. So I mean, and um, Jackie knows everybody. Tracy, this is hi Tracy. Hi Thanks Tracy. for listening. Tracy with an E Y, which right. is the right way to spell. That's how you guys obviously. Uh huh. At the Rodeo. At the Rodeo. Did you go to the Rodeo there? I did not. I've been a couple of times. Are you a true Salinas? It's a lot nicer. If anybody wants to invite me to the VIP section next year, I would go. I've been once with the VIP, and now I can't go back. That's true. Yeah, it's true. um, It's a whole different experience. Never been. Anyways, we interrupted your story. Go ahead. Um, and she was like, "I listen to your show, and I really like how real you guys are. Mm. I like how you guys talk about things that that matter, and you're just kind of muddling through. So it's fine that we don't know anything about freedom. It's fine. Muddle. (laughs) And I say that because. This is what I love about Mark is that he leads a church that's less churchy to me, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily all about some things that people think that I should shouldn't be doing, but like let's just talk about like what Jesus did and what he said and that type of thing. So I really appreciate that, Mark. Thank you. And that's why we we talk about you. I've mentioned Mark before on this podcast. It's the only one I listen to. <laughs> When you said I was mentioned, I went, uh, oh, I've got oh, to listen to now that. Listen. We are straight up deleting that part. You just told the whole world you don't listen, but that's okay. Oh, <laughs> just but you do listen. Tell us about the podcast you do listen to. Oh, yeah. My, one of my favorite things on earth is Malcolm Gladwell's revisionist history. I'm very evangelistic about it. I love okay. it. Very nice. Very nice. So Stacey's going to say I've never listened tomorrow. to it, so I want you to say it a couple times, and maybe I'll remember. When they make commercials... Person. And they try to get one person to represent the podcast world. He is the person they have on the commercial. Mm, Malcolm yeah. Gladwell. Gladwell. Okay. He's written a lot of books. Yeah. Before it he sounds really like I've heard his name before. For sure. You An have. author. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm sure. Okay. So thanks. I'll, I'll try to listen. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about freedom, shall we? Yeah. Okay. So here's my first question for you, Mark. When we said, hey, we want you on the podcast. We want you to talk about freedom. What, did, what was your first thought? Hmm. What, what will it be? What are the boundaries? What, will I get questions in advance? And then you told me we just get together and see where it goes. How'd you feel about that? Initially, like, uh, I like to be more prepared. <laughs> but then I thought, oh, apparently we're just having a conversation. And then other people are listening. In. Okay. And I, to quote the Allstate commercial, maybe tens of tens of people are listening to this. So, exactly right. So I want, just chill out, Mark. It's not, it's not the end of the world. You don't have to be fully prepared. Nice. Okay. Because usually I prepare for things I say. Interesting. Ah, that's true. Yeah. It's very pastory of you. Once this goes out Sorry. onto the world wide web, as it's the there people forever. my age call it, yes. It's the world the internet web. So, so ironically, Stacey and I never prepare what we say. <laughs> Shocked. Very rarely. I can you tell? You're shocked. <laughs> shocked. I'm shocked. So okay. So then the next, the next thought beyond that, like, what is, what do you think of when you think of freedom? What's like, like, do you go straight to Jesus because of your faith and your role as a pastor? Do you, do you go straight to like, I'm an American and freedom matters to me? Do you go like, where do you go when you think of freedom? <laughs> Personally, mm. Mark Simmons, the guy. All those things, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, it's spiritual freedom. What does that mean? Um, we're all on a journey to try to become more freely who God made us to be, mm. which are, each of our journeys is different. Um, yeah, having just recently celebrated, you know, our nation's freedom from Great Britain. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely something. And I think in our culture, we're talking a lot about what does it mean to freedom so yeah. you're coming out of this christian framework and right. i think that's been something that christians are wrestling with like what is the degree to which the kingdom of god is their focus as opposed to our nation so yeah i think in the american church we are uniquely way more obsessed about our nation and that than we are about the kingdom of god i think mm. that's a big problem we have as a church there's no other church i'm aware of in the world that is as focused on its national identity um at least in western christianity as we are not the church of england oh well, I mean, yeah they mix King it Henry, together like, make it, they mix make it, it his he own did. thing he did. like here's what i decided that our bible should actually i forget say what the, what wife that would have been that he wanted his fifth or sixth he's like nah the pope won't give me a blessing i'll just start my own church yes yeah, right. yeah, right. yeah that's exactly yeah something like that so you said a lot of really big things in that. I, I wanted to stop you like four times, like say more, say more. But um, I, I would like to hear just your thoughts on, on that tension that you mentioned. Which one? <laughs> the one, the the one. one between being an American uh, and being a Christ follower. And yeah, where are you seeing that? Like, talk about that a little bit. Is it a tension in your life? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Tell us about um, that, if you're willing. Yeah. So, I mean, I do think that um, for a lot of us, we live... Well, I'll just... I'll put it another way. Okay. I interviewed a missionary who's um, from, we would say, South Sudan now. He grew up in Sudan. He doesn't know how, how old he is. He spent most of his life in what they call in exile in another country. He has been in refugee camps most of his life. So he has 
maybe nine, ten years ago, the newest nation on earth is South Sudan. So they finally got freedom. The predominantly black sub-Saharan people in the country got freedom from the predominantly Arab Muslim uh, people who run the country. And so they became their own country. And then within nine months, a civil war broke out between two tribal leaders because there's dozens of tribes. Right. And so his tribes never had any power. Um, but the two leading tribes, you know, started fighting each other. And all of a sudden they're back in civil war and they're back in the refugee camps in Uganda. So he has no temptation to put his hope in political change. Zero. It's never been for him. It's not an option. So it's amazing the clarity it gives him and his wife Rose to focus on the kingdom of God. We're not here to build South Sudan. We're here to build the kingdom of God. So like I think oftentimes we think about all the privileges we have, but sometimes our privileges are incredible temptations to focus on things that are not the most important things. Hmm. I think that's really important. Privileges end up, or freedoms end up being like roadblocks mm-hmm. or even further captive. Mm-hmm. Cap- captive I was going to say captivating, but mm, that sounds too nice. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like a they freedom is a, it's a false mm-hmm. thing that's actually a cage. Yeah, I think C.S. Lewis talked about the, right? that patriotism can become idolatry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um so that's something i think about on a on a national level as a as a christian so how do we how do we fight that temptation how do we even know when we are going down that road one practical thing i said last sunday is what if you kept track of all the time you're spending during a week exposing yourself to news mm. that is st- making you angry at other people or afraid and that's how they get you hooked and that's how Mm -hmm. they sell they get you angry and fearful yep and um, what if you kept track of that and this week you spent more time reading the bible and praying than doing that what if you just change your media input um so that's one really practical thing is what if you detached yourself by practice from some of the things I remember a long time ago at a conference, president of USC talking about he he spent a year doing nothing but reading old, old books. Mm. Like they had to be more than 500 years. They wow. had to be Shakespeare or before. Wow. And, okay. and he knew nothing about current events except what people told him. And it, it struck him that everyone brings up current events to him. Meanwhile, he's reading the Bible and Ovid and you know Pliny and mm-hmm. Shakespeare yep. and Socrates <laughs> and Aristotle. And he's reading these things that like root us in the ancient human internal conflicts and struggles. And everyone's bringing up, did you hear about the weather or that fight or this thing or whatever? And so he would just say, no, tell me about it. And mm-hmm. so he learned current events through other through people's, people's lenses. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And that told him something about them. 100%, but he yeah. wasn't doing things. To, he was just focusing on old things. And he wasn't a Christian guy. And I just thought, how interesting. What if we spent more of our time, like for us, in the scriptures, in ancient truth, um, than in current events? What if we just did that one thing? Interesting. And I wonder how different it truly is. Like the struggles of 500 years ago, all the internal struggle is probably so similar. Yeah. It is. I think a lot of it is. Right? Yeah. Relational. Work. You're tired. (laughs) Stressed out. 
These freaking grapes won't grow. <laughs> I don't know. So in your own personal journey, has your perspective on freedom changed in the last 20 years? Yeah, I, I mean, I we all come to different understandings scripturally about yeah. freedom. Okay. So no, I will hang out with people from any theological perspective, but I found myself like resonating mostly with a reformed way of looking at the world, which doesn't have a high view of our freedom. <laughs> so yeah. um, we, we're, when I talk to people from the other, other end of the spectrum, a more Arminian perspective, there's much more of an emphasis on our free will and our ability mm. to decide and change things. And um, with God's grace and his strength and power. But I think um, I'm not, I go through every day realizing I'm in bondage all the time still in this broken world and in my broken soul. So I don't have a lot of illusion that I'm going to be maybe as free as some other people think they'll be in this world. So that's me. I'm just, when I talk to people, sometimes they're like, how do you live like that? I'm like, well, by grace. I mean, Mm. I go through every day, like realizing all just my awareness, things I'm in bondage, you know, in my brain and my thoughts and my feelings and my behaviors, like uh, what, you know, Romans seven very much resonates with me who will deliver me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, Jesus, but in this world, there's a gradual work that he's doing inside of me, but it's slow. So as you guys can tell, if you're listening, Mark is a deep thinker Yeah, (laughs) and he's right. And so some of us just don't live in that place where we're thinking very deeply on a daily basis. Right. Um, so how would a person, I don't know. I'm just thinking like a person's just going through their daily life and they're just not even aware of those bondages that you talk about. Like, how do we, I'm just thinking like I've, I have trained myself to become more aware of like how things impact me. Like, oh, that made me feel fearful. Where's the fear coming from? Or, oh, that mm-hmm. made me feel angry. Why am I angry or whatever? But how would, you know, people that aren't even thinking that way, like, I guess one of the things you, you gave a practical idea, but any other thoughts about how, how we can be aware of those things? Well, one thing I would say is just what you're modeling for people is you do this in your relationships in mm. real life. You guys are... I don't know. Well, one of you, I know Jackie is a performer and entertainer. Loves like, so I don't know how much you're like. I don't know what you're talking about. So you have to do it in public in front of those tens of tens of people. But but really, like, I talk like this with male friends regularly. Mm. Like every week, I probably have two male friends that I'm going into deep conversations with about my life and my soul and my emotions and my struggles and my fears and whatever. And so what you're doing is super important. And so maybe the best thing your listeners can get is what do I have one friend that I talk to like Jackie and Stacy talk to each other Mm. about their fears and vulnerabilities and needs and insecurities. And do I have one friend I'm doing that with? Most people have zero. So How do, do you I see men too? And men are the worst. Yeah, I would say worst. that for sure. Yeah. 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 Most men have no friends. They have people they talk about politics and sports and Crafts. joke yeah. or whatever. But um, yeah, most friends have, most men have no friends. So at my 20th anniversary recently, it was really very sweet for me to have some people there who are my friends in real life mm. talk about our relationship. Um, which means as much to me as it does to them. But, um, 
Well, how does that start though? Like how do men, cause I've spoken to various men who are just like, men just don't talk about that stuff. Yeah. That's a right? lie. It is a lie and it's unhealthy, I think, yeah. but how, how am I going to, how do I speak yeah. to that? I'm just a woman over here that loves talking about stuff with deeply with speak everybody. Speak to the two men who listen to our podcast. There are at least two. <laughs> at least two. Twos of twos. We know that there's at least two. Twos of twos. Ones of ones. Well, I will say to you men, like this is your identity being formed in the image of God means that you need deep, real, meaningful, authentic relationships and maybe a story for you to go to. I mean, the Bible is mostly written in male terms. Sorry, ladies, for all the interpreting that you have to do constantly. But read the story of David and Jonathan. Mm. And when Jonathan dies, David says this really interesting thing about him. He says, your love for me was better than the love of women, which in our frame of reference now, we read into that, oh, so they were gay. Like, why? Because we're weird about male relationships. Right. We don't we don't have good models. So mm-hmm. um, he didn't mean that when I can't form meaningful attachments to women. Part of it might have been David had many more wives than God would have wanted him to have. <laughs> so just because people do things in the Bible doesn't mean they're good things to that do. That is true. But um, so David had lots of wives, uh, and you know apparently, and it was a different culture, and all of course, but. He and, Dave, he and Jonathan formed a deep, meaningful, mutually committed, they made covenants with each other relationship. And so one thing I would say is just if you don't have any place, if you're a woman listening, which most of you are apparently, if you're a woman, then who do, do I have one relationship that I can do this with, like Jackie and Stacy are, and let's focus on that. Then if I have one, can I have another relationship? Can you... Can you connect your life more deeply to people throughout the rhythms of your life during a given month? Like how many times Mm, a month are you having real, honest conversations? So, um, I mean, for me, it started in therapy in my 20s, like uh, who became my best friend for the next 30 years till he died three years ago, suddenly and tragically in ways Mm. I wasn't prepared for. Um, He said, bro, you need to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And I was like a... 10 year old Christian at that point, like in, in Jesus. And, uh, the senior pastor was the only person on staff, not in therapy at the counseling center of the church. So I'm like, huh, it became normalized for me that people went to therapy. So I'm like, I went there and after six months, she said, okay, today you, I said, I was seeing a woman and she says, today you started therapy. And wow. I wanted to cuss inside because I'd been paying her for six months. That was an expensive <laughs> first therapy appointment. <laughs> what? What the? But she said, uh, no, this is the first time you've been open to my input. Up to now, you just needed a place to talk about because that's foreign to you to talk deeply wow. about your inner life. Mm. So that was worth every penny to get to that yeah. first appointment, yeah. Mark. Yep. <laughs> right, but a so, lot of people don't want to stick with it for that yeah. long. So then I think from there, uh, that relationship with Paul, I mean, I've been doing it before, but just having intentionality to talk deeply with other people helps you see yourself, you know, more clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing I would say is just practice it, practice, practice, It's risky. Practice. It's risky. It's risky. But yeah. that's the thing. We, that's what I was talking about being captive in things is that we all think that, 
not talking about our feelings is stronger. Mm -hmm. And of course, Brene Brown and every researcher has thrown that out the window that to Mm -hmm. be vulnerable is the true strength here. Mm -hmm. And that we think we're free if we can just do whatever we want and power through Mm -hmm. and not talk to anybody and close it all off. And that keeps us captive so tightly to, I don't know what, Mm -hmm. what these weird ideals are that are just super unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And we're saying the opposite is true, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what we've talked about is that freedom is truly like a flipping over of what we Mm -hmm. originally think it is. To freedom for any any restriction. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, God is not great because God just puts rules on us or strikes down lightning bolts from the clouds (laughs) and if I'm bad or I can't go to church because I'll get... More lightning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More. Where's, where's all the lightning from? Is that a Zeus thing? I don't thing? know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. goes back to lightning quite often. I go back to, you know why? Because because she it's the up. far side calendar. Oh. It's because of my far side calendar. It's got God on the cloud in robes and lightning yeah. bolts. Throwing lightning bolts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, we do fundamentally misunderstand what freedom is from the very beginning because mm. we do tend to think of freedom as the ability to do whatever you want yeah and freedom is actually the ability to do whatever you should like so wait full stop wait say, say it again, again. <laughs> freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want it's the ability to do whatever you should and that presumes that there's a god who made us who knows what's best for us and all of his commands are for our blessing for and our good. good yes so mm. when he tells us things it's having the ability to do what we know we're called to do, to aspire to be, to become the people that he wants us to be. That's where freedom is. And I think the more you long for that, the more struggle you feel, though, because you realize in this world, like, you're not, there's so much you're not able to do yet. And that's where, to me, like, people look at Romans 7 differently. Some people are like, he sounds so hopeless. He can't, he must be describing before he knew Jesus. Mm. And I'm like, nope, he knew Jesus then. This is my perspective. Mm -hmm. He knew Jesus, and he's saying, you know, woe is me. Who will deliver me? And the answer is Jesus. And we're on this journey, but we only get, we see through a mirror dimly now. It's just so imperfect and insubstantial compared to our longing that's within us for freedom. We don't experience as much as we want. Um, but that longing to keep leaning into becoming the people we're called to be is where freedom is. That was really good. At the end. No, that was that that was good. So then, you know, we move through these lenses usually when we're doing our podcast. We talk mm-hmm. about ourselves, mm-hmm. we talk about faith, we move into close relationships. Like how does um, so we kind of touched on that in friendships, really, mm-hmm. is that being vulnerable in close yeah. relationships and sharing with one another, yeah. that's how we can go step into true freedom, yeah. I guess. Yeah. We talked about um, in one of our episodes about like how serving and giving, and that was like that flip side of, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want, I can do whatever, yeah. you know, freedom to do whatever, but that... That true freedom is really like in the kind of opposite, like giving and serving. Mm-hmm. And Relationships. In right? relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Community and mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. So how do we see those two sides in our communities, which is kind of like stepping out from there even, is that we see these two, we kind of started with America and now <laughs> we're moving back down and now we're, I'm just wondering like, oh my gosh. we have these two sides of like being able to be totally free. Mm-hmm. The world's the American freedom, which is selfish, to do whatever I want, right? To That's, have what I want is yeah. my mm-hmm. all my rights. It's 
mm-hmm. gross. And what it, but what it, the, the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. And my, like, I, I kind of, we talked about traffic lights in one episode, but even like, like sexual freedom, let's just mm-hmm. say, right? So you sure, you can go have sex you. with whoever you want, but, and obviously the consequences are what? relational devastation or pain, but then you get pregnant and now you're not free at all for the next ever. (laughs) (laughs) Consequences of the freedoms that you do practice, I guess, right? I'm just sitting here awkwardly. (laughs) Let's talk with a pastor about sexual freedom (laughs) to do whatever you want. It's different by gender, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, yeah, and I would say, too, you know, in for those, not everyone who is on here is a parent or is married, but, you know, uh, couples therapy is another place where I've experienced that, like, okay, let's be real and honest and go deep with one another right. and then with, you know, kids and making sure we have real and honest relationships mm-hmm. with them. So, I mean, one of the best things you can do as a parent is just allow your children to see your messiness because it helps them know like I'm okay and I shouldn't expect to go out into the world when I leave here and find some perfect person who's going to complete me despite what Jerry Maguire says so um yeah it's not going to happen for all the younger folks (laughs) go watch that movie before Top Gun was famous not 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 the new one. The cur- That's not the new one. Yeah. <laughs> Even before the first Even Top Gun. Yeah. No, Jerry Maguire was, was after, after the first Top Gun. He was between the two yeah. Top Guns. But you complete me. Movie. That line is such a... Movie uh, line. Oh, damaging, right? I, I think so. It sounds romantic. But every oh. song, every like uh, romantic song right. that I hear and stuff is just like you... All the com- It's just <laughs> lies. Lies. <laughs> stopped listening to country music for like 10 or 15 years because I couldn't yes. like I, I realized yep. the damage it was doing to my thinking well what if like to quote my I I mean we don't want to glamorize suffering but so Edward Dima who I referred to already that I interviewed mm-hmm. at church a while back um, in his culture he it was like Jacob wanting to marry Laban's daughter okay and then he got tricked and got two of them but anyway um <laughs> the bible is so salacious yes the bible if is you want to feel better I was, <laughs> I was actually speaking at another church this past sunday and if you want to feel better about your family that you grew up in or the family you're in now read genesis 12 to 50 and you will feel better because these <laughs> the god of abraham isaac and jacob is a god of very broken crazy mixed up messed up needy sinful obsessed whatever people just every (laughs) terrible thing you can imagine is in this family but um anyway when in edward's culture he he met rose and loved her and wanted to marry her and they were both very poor but in his culture he had to provide i don't know the right number but so many cows right to her father and yeah some cultures call it bride price some call it a dowry depends on exactly nuances cultural anthropology wise but um anyway so he has to provide so many cows for for her father and he worked seven years to earn the number of cows he needed is that crazy and so i said in church like what would our marriages be like if we had to spend seven years working to prove how serious we were that we were going to commit ourselves to this person for the rest of our life and 
it, it would test our commitment and we would find out it's not about, we wouldn't be married in the time the infatuation's happening. We would be married after a long period where we're like living on commitment and fidelity. Apparently, because they get I married mean, in this culture. Happen, but, but it would yeah. just be for different reasons. Yes, it would be for very different reasons yeah. that are actually the reasons that are most important to having a long-term mm, marriage. Interesting. Which are what? They're totally mishanging. <laughs> yeah, what are they? Please well, tell me. Well, ultimately... <laughs> Apparently, it's not lust or well, infatuation. Well, for, for a Christian. Okay. I'll just say for me. Yeah. The reason to be married is to become more like Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So really, marriage, if anything, exposes our brokenness on the deepest level. So we're more aware of our need for Jesus and more desirous of being with him and being transformed by him. Because we're going to work uh, out. Mark, I, don't <laughs> I am not this married right now. So if I get married ever again in my life, you're telling me I have to find someone who exposes the, my deepest. No, well, no. it doesn't matter because you will, you right? Will, yeah. they all, it doesn't matter. Any That's relationship true. will do exactly that, that right? Is true. There's this book. That is so true. And our, our first marriage therapist gave us a book called Getting the Love That You Want, I think. Oh, I remember that. Harville Hendricks, which is the most misnamed book. It's a marketing name. Yeah. Really what the book is, is about how every person ends up marrying someone who reproduces their childhood trauma. Yep. Yep. And that they're going to now work that out the rest of their marriage with that person. How does that even happen though? Something in us knows yep. or... I think so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think like... This is kind of really... You know, I don't know. Maybe, conversation. Well, like, like Paul said, I'll just be single forever. It's better for me. And I, and I don't, it is better. I don't, since you brought it, I don't mean this in a judgmental way to people who've been divorced at all, but yeah. J.R.R. Yeah. Tolkien, you can look it up. I don't, it's a letter he wrote to his son. And it goes something like this, that a marriage therapist shared this with me once, that in, you know, a better world, we could all find someone that we would be more suitably matched with. And even in this world, with more care and wisdom, we could find someone that would be easier for us to be married to. But in the end, through all of the, the struggles we go through with the person that we end up choosing, or that chooses us, or we choose to go, whatever, we find that we're married to our soulmate anyway. Mm. And so it's just a different definition of what a soulmate is. A soulmate is a person that you're going to go on a journey to become more deeply aware of your need for Jesus and other human beings. Mm. And mm -hmm. it's marriage is meant for our holiness. Mark, um, it's primarily. painful. Yeah. It's hard. Any <laughs> close relationship is hard. Right. Dude. All right. So Let's the freedom unites. <laughs> So like parenting, you know, you you have kids this age now, but eighteen to thirty is the hardest phase of parenting so oh. far for me. Wait, you think it gets better at thirty? Wait, eighteen to thirty. Start counting the years. My oldest is 30 eighteen. That's months. a long no. time. Eighteen See, to thirty. He's not wrong. I mean, my oldest is thirty. It's harder. It doesn't get easier. No. What What is that about? It's about the brokenness of all of us in our humanity. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so much goodness in it too. So, so much goodness. Yeah. In, you know, Katie and I just celebrated our 37th anniversary. Congratulations. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. And we love each other. We love our kids. We're going to love our grandkids. But in no way are any of those relationships meant to make us in Happy. this world yeah. independently, like, fulfilled or right. something. Right. They're, they're, 
they're part of our journey that we're in growth with people in and um, they're part of our community that we're to learn how to love other broken people and Mm -hmm. love ourselves as we love other broken people and let other broken people love us and our brokenness and they're all a part of the journey. Okay, I'm going to try to say something that sort of matches your profundity. Is that a word? <laughs> Profoundness? I don't, know. I don't know. I think it might be profundity. Okay. I'll, I'll look it I'll up because I could be wrong. But like, but I, I might end up just sounding super dumb. So I'm going to just take a risk. Go for it. Do it. <laughs> it's just this idea through all these conversations we're having that we like talk about freedom in this way that ultimately is just super narcissistic. Like, I just need my freedom to, like, carry my gun and do whatever I want and, like, stomp all over your freedoms. And mm-hmm. But ultimately, freedom is, and you sort of said this, so I'm sort of just taking what you said and making it sound like I, I'm saying it, but um, is the freedom to choose where we can, where we can be captive to, like, relationships in a mm-hmm. way that makes us like you said, more like Jesus or that refines who we are if we're not Christians or right. Right. Like it's that duality and ultimately everything we talk about is it's both. And right. Mm -hmm. We are, Mm -hmm. we can take that freedom and run with it and run all over, stomp all over other people's rights and be selfish and, and, and narcissistic about it. Or we can choose to use our freedom for good and growth and relationship and connectedness Mm -hmm. and community. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what Paul says in all of his letters to these new Christians. They're, coming to know Jesus and so then they have freedom in Christ so like oh we can do whatever we want no what no you can't do no (laughs) that's not what I said (laughs) so as he says in Galatians like we're made free that so that we can willingly choose to serve freedom freedom is found in serving and ultimately that's it's kind of selfish in the end though too because that's actually going to bring you true joy true joy yes but joy is not like yay it's a little more like (laughs) Oh, that's good. I like right. that. Yeah. yeah. That's good. All right. Um, so <laughs> at the end of each episode, Mark, mm-hmm. we do this thing called the Via con Dios. Your go with God. And so we ask, we try to come up with something like, okay, we just talked about all this stuff. And we try to come up with one like little actionable item. We've just talked about many us a right couple now. Too. Many. Yeah. So if we could just pick one that we would encourage people, it could be just like a small little step to take mm-hmm. towards like this true freedom, mm-hmm. right? Um, would you like to, I can sum up what you've said or, and I can come up with one or you can say, Hey guys, mm-hmm. Hey, tens of, tens of Jackie and Stacy show listeners. Tens of tens. There might be hundreds like, of hundreds. We're going with sometimes. hundreds of hundreds. Okay. Yeah. And and this is also an opportunity as we're kind of wrapping this up for if, if there's anything you haven't said that you want to kind of yes. say. Because sometimes at the end of a conversation, you're like, ah, oh, bummer, I forgot that one thing. So I can talk for hours and hours. Go for it. <laughs> no. Go for it. We have four. Maybe, I wish we had more time. Maybe, just to, had more time. maybe just to share something. Um, you, you learn a lot when you're preaching about yourself and other people Mm -hmm. so I could share like a couple weeks ago when I got very emotional in a message and this will be easier for your mostly female audience many of whom may may be now or have been married but I was sharing about how Jesus the we're going through this series signs in the book of John so the first one happens at a wedding and nobody knows about it except a couple servants and his mom it's like why waste a sign on that like but it's because weddings are pictures of the kingdom of God. Mm. And so 
when at the end of the message I was sharing about this, this unique perspective I have, I've probably done well over a hundred weddings now. And one of the unique things when you're the mm. officiant, everyone when the bride is coming into the room is looking at the bride. The groom is looking at the bride. Everyone in the sitting there is looking at the bride. The attendants are all looking at the bride. When you go to the rehearsal, the only thing you have to know if you're a wedding attendant is always look at the bride. That's just the, that's how you know what to do. When she's here, you face her. When she's over there, you face that one. Always look at the bride. And I shared like Love what an that. interesting thing I have is that I stand next to a groom who's looking at a bride coming to, and I'm getting emotional. I again right <laughs> but I get to look cool. at a, at a, well, in my case, they've all been men, but a, a man who is looking at a bride coming down the aisle and I get to look at his eyes and see the emotion, cool. the anticipation, the joy. Because yes, brides always look their most beautiful on that day. Right. It's like something amazing to behold the bride. But to look at the bridegroom and see the absolute like sense of amazement that this woman wants to be with him. Wow. And so just to see like that's how Jesus sees us. Mm. So what if we could, sorry dudes who are listening. If what if we could see ourselves as brides, because that's what Jesus says we're. We're the bride right. of Christ. And in the book of Revelation, like the bridegroom comes and there's a big party and it's a wedding feast. And he, the way he sees us is like how a man is looking at his soon-to-be wife walking down the aisle. That's how he sees us as men, women, teenagers, children. is like we are so beloved. <laughs> and just our belovedness, just to capture that sense that in the midst of all my brokenness and craziness and all the things that are not free about me, and my relationships and everything that's not as it should be. Then in the midst of that, he is seeing me with love and joy and desire and passion. And he wants to be with me. And he can't wait till we're together forever and ever and ever. And everything's made right. And everything's the way it was supposed to be. He can't wait for that day. Meantime, we wait. We wait. With hope. That's good. Well, I think that is our Viacon Dios, right? Yeah. Is, My, I guess if I were to put it to, in a nutshell. Imagine show. that. And rewind it and listen to it again. Listen to Mark <laughs> say that to again. With Rewind this for the last there two minutes or whatever. Here's your little simple listen. phrase. Live in your belovedness. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and listen to that. And hear Mark describe what, it, what you are beheld as. Beheld? I don't know. Beholden? We like to make up words. <laughs> I love making Thank up Thank you, Mark. That was amazing and wonderful. I'm privileged to be here. Yeah. And you got me crying. <laughs> and Mark's crying. Bye, con Dios.